Welcome to the City Park Church Podcast. We are changing the culture of the city through the message of hope. Please share at cityparkchurch.com how God has touched your life through our messages. Thank you for listening. So faith impresses God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says this, And without faith it is impossible to please God. I like to say it this way, With faith God is pleased. Or with faith, God is impressed. Did you know that you can impress God? It says, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Somebody say faith. Come on, you guys. You got you to you you come with me. Say faith impresses God. Now, there's no doubt that God loves us all, right? And we can't get God to love us any more than he does. But there is this area of faith where we can actually bring pleasure to the heart of God. And there's there's a, a place in life where God can actually be in awe of you. For God to say, huh, I'm impressed. (laughs) And I think God is impressed with us, I believe, when we act in faith. I believe he's impressed with us when we love the unloved, which you have to do in faith. Um, I believe God is um, impressed when we forgive the unforgivable. God loves that. I think he's impressed with that because it takes faith. Um, When we obey, when when we don't feel like obeying, God's impressed with that because it takes faith. When we worship God and we come to church on Sundays and we don't feel like it, you know, God's impressed with that. Um, when, um, When you get up and speak, you know, you teach a Bible study and you just trust in God to give you the words and you follow through with that and and. Yield to him in faith. I think God is impressed. Um, When you reach out and you care for another and you pray for them in faith, I think God is impressed. And and so where where does this all come from? Uh, If you turn to Matthew chapter eight, because I want to review this story where Jesus was impressed. Just to prove to you this is biblical. And this is the story of the centurion. The centurion is a Roman. Romans and Jews, they were in contention with each other. Basically, it was Roman occupation of Jerusalem. And they did not like each other because the Romans were not kind to the Jews. They were persecuting them. They were killing them. They they would use them as slaves. They would make examples of them in public. It was was really a culture of fear going on. And so here in Matthew chapter 8, it says, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him. Now, I'm thinking that probably somehow as Jesus came into town, the centurion found a spot where he could actually pull Jesus aside and speak to him because for a Roman to actually approach Jesus and ask the kind of question that he asked 
would have not been a good situation for the centurion's future employment, if you know what I mean, or or, or future in the army of of Rome. Uh, A centurion being a general in charge of many, in charge of a contingent of other soldiers who had who had authority, who, who had probably a good salary. He had something to lose, yet he had compassion also. There was something about this centurion as he came to him asking for help. So what does that immediately show us? It shows that the centurion had, had humility. Because most guys don't ask for help, right? Most guys don't ask for directions. See, here you got somebody who's in authority who's asking for help and asking a Jew for help. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, didn't happen. They didn't hang out together. Jews and, and Romans did not hang out together. They, they were not friends. And the first thing he says is he didn't say teacher. He uses the word Lord which immediately shows that somehow this centurion respects the man Jesus. He could have said teacher, he could have said rabbi, but he used this word Lord, which reveals his understanding of who Jesus was. A respect, um, something on the inside of him. He, he was actually getting what was going on here. He was, he was seeing beyond the man. He was seeing him as God. Seeing him as somebody who had power. As someone who had authority. He said, Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. And so as I'm thinking about the word paralyzed, you know, this must have been a long-term situation, a long-term sickness. Somebody who's paralyzed, either born that way or had an accident. It wasn't just a cold. It wasn't just, it was something that was detrimental to his servant's health that had happened to him. And, and a servant, I, I don't know who the servant was, but it's not, it's not said here, but could the servant have been a Jew? Could have been. Doesn't say. Could have been a Roman, could have been a Jew. But somehow the centurion had compassion on him, compassion enough that he went to seek out Jesus to try to help his servant, whom he obviously had a connection with and a relationship with. The servant must have been serving him faithfully. And not only was he a servant, he probably became part of the family. There was a relationship going on there. And so... Perhaps the centurion had, had already done what he needed to do as far as physically, doctors, operation, whatever needs to take place. Things, things, things weren't going well there. So he was seeking out the supernatural authority and power of Jesus to help his servant and his friend. Going out of his way to help his servant. Suffering terribly. Jesus immediately says this, shall I come and heal him? Shall I come and heal him? It's interesting. Because immediately he's like, I'll come. No problem. He didn't ask him any other questions. He just said, I'll come. No problem. I'm going to come and heal him. Why? Because somehow in the midst of even, even this one sentence, how many know we, we reveal where we're at by the words that we speak? We, we, we can locate where we're at spiritually by how we 
we address people or address the Lord. or We can locate where our, our respect level is for people, how we address them. Parents, say amen, amen. Business owners, say amen, right? And so Jesus immediately recognizes something in this centurion. Calls him Lord, knows that he's a Roman, knows that he has those working underneath him, knows that he has authority with the Roman governor and asks him for help, humbles himself and asks for help. Jesus says, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied this, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Now, somebody say this, faith works by love. Faith works by love. Thank you for five of you saying that. Say this, say faith works by love. That's Galatians 5, 6, if you're taking notes. Here we have the compassion and the love from the centurion towards his servant. Many times Jesus, it said that Jesus had compassion on them and healed them. Everything we do spiritually works by love. Because everything we do should be in faith. Healing works by love. Forgiveness works by love. And so Jesus recognizes the level of this man's understanding and the level of his faith. He recognizes his compassion. Now, I don't know why the centurion says, I don't deserve for you to come to my house. It could have been that if any of those over the centurion had found out that Jesus had actually come to his house, he would have been demoted. Could have been. So the centurion somehow has been hanging around pretending to not listen to Jesus, but listening to him. You know what I mean? Standing there, guarding the crowds, because somehow he had to observe who Jesus was. He had to observe the healing and the miracles that Jesus was doing to come to this understanding. Amen? It just didn't appear. I can see him standing there at attention, like you see some of those guards at the palace of Buckingham Palace, and they're standing at attention. You don't think they're listening. I can see him standing at attention, you know, guarding the crowds as Jesus was coming through and following the crowds and pretending to control the crowds and pretending to be the mean guy. But all the while, he's trying to get as close to Jesus as he can so he can not only listen to the teachings of Jesus, but he's interested in what Jesus is doing. He's observing these miracles taking place. Faith is being built up in him. And in the midst of it, he recognizes that Jesus has authority. Someone say authority. Authority. What does he have authority over? He has authority over the unseen world. And he's thinking to himself and he's processing and he comes to the realization, I have authority over all those that are underneath me. And it seems that this Jesus has authority over sickness and disease. There's something there about Lord Jesus. Comes to that realization. 
that understanding. He said, for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. So you'll notice here that the centurion had not only soldiers under him, but he also had servants under him. Somebody say soldiers and servants. Aren't you glad that we are no longer servants, but we're sons and daughters of the Most High? Hallelujah. We have privileges as children of God, as part of the family. But this soldier... This centurion had soldiers under him and he would tell the soldiers what to do. He would tell them to go and they would go. He'd tell them to come and they would come. And he would tell his servants what to do as well. He knew how to delegate authority. It says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed, or I like to say this, he was impressed. When Jesus heard this, He was impressed. And this is what he said to those following him. He sees the centurion, right? Talking to the centurion, yet his disciples had to been around him because he turned to them and he said to them, truly I tell you, he's telling Peter, James, John, his disciples, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great Such great faith, a non-Jew. This is someone who's not hanging around with Jesus 24-7 like the disciples. This is someone who every now and then is catching what's going on. How many know attendance alone at church is important? Because more is caught than taught. Just being in the atmosphere, being in the house of God. Just building your faith. Getting your kids here, getting your family here, getting your teenagers here, (laughs) driving them. Don't ever underestimate attendance. Don't ever underestimate being in the presence, being in his presence, being, hearing the word of God, what it can do for your spiritual life and your understanding. Because eventually all of us come to, like the centurion, realizations, we call them revelations, illuminations, whatever you want to, what word you want to put on it. Uh, we, we come to that place where God reveals things to us in the spirit about our situation and gives us answers and teaches us how to overcome because he's the great overcomer, amen? Little by little, word upon word, precept upon precept, here a little, here a little, there a little, we begin to learn, we begin to receive, we begin to see into the spirit world and we begin to understand the operations of the unseen world. That unseen world, that that big unseen world that is for you, which is the angelic realm, and that other unseen world which is against you, which is the demonic realm. That many times are behind things that are causing things to happen. That are trying to either steal from you or destroy you or to kill you. That understanding of the unseen world, that Jesus said that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so 
here, this non-Jew, this centurion, he sees this. He begins to understand perhaps the reason why his servant is not being healed and getting well, that there's some unseen world, there's some unseen reason why this man, my servant, cannot get well. And there's something about Jesus who has authority in the invisible world. How many know we don't, we we taught in the marriage seminar, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. There's something that in the unseen world, there's a demonic power that doesn't want you to stay married or doesn't want you to, to live in peace with your family relatives that's always going to try to bring an attack and the, the sooner we recognize that we're not fighting against people that there's something causing this to happen the sooner we can understand that that God has given us the authority to take control of the unseen world Jesus let's continue to read on he says I say to you that many will come from the east and west he's talking about Jews and will take their places at the feast with Abraham Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth then Jesus said to the centurion go let it be done just as you believed it would and his servant was healed at that moment. How did the centurion know? He's not even home. Somehow times were coordinated. Somehow he he recognized the time of day and when he finally got home, the other servants and the family came up and said, your servant, the paralyzed servant is healed. He got healed. And the centurion's probably looking at his watch. You know, he's looking at his Apple watch and thinking, I wonder what time that was, right? He goes, that was the same time that Jesus said that. Hallelujah. How many know there's no distance in the spirit? Your prayers are as effective when you pray here for people in Europe as they are if you prayed here and they were in this room. Come on, is anybody excited this morning? I'm excited about this. This is, this is exciting stuff. Because I want you to get to the place like the centurion where, huh, I realized this. I realized the reason why things are happening, things are going wrong, things, why I'm staying sick, why, why things are happening, because I've been trying to fight it only in the natural. Now, thank God for the natural, thank God for the doctors, thank God for the operations, thank God for the medicines, thank God for all those things, amen? Thank God for all those things, and we don't discount that. When your kids are sick, bring them to the doctors, especially if you've got that sense inside there, you know? Because it could be as as simple as a little medication or a little shot, right? There is no lack of faith to go and get help medically. As a matter of fact, I think it takes more faith sometimes. Because you got to believe that that pill works. You got to believe that that doctor knows what he's doing. And like like we prayed, because Lana's having an operation this week, you better, you better, she asked for prayer, you better pray. You're going to need some faith in that operating room. Why? Because you don't want these yahoos to make any mistakes while you're sitting there or laying there. Can you say amen? Thank God for doctors. I would not be standing here straight if it wasn't for them. 
But what's the underlying reason? What can we do in the spirit? I love it because the centurion said, just say the word. Just say the word. Just say the word. The centurion didn't say, Jesus, could you, could you put me on the prayer chain? And we can get like, if we can get a thousand people to pray over this situation, we can maybe, well, hopefully we can get them healed. No, he was like, Jesus, just say the word. Now, prayer chains are good for prayers of intercession. When, when you're praying over someone who, who needs to be saved, or you're praying over someone who's straying away from the faith and you need to stand in the gap for them and intercede for them and, and you want to have a, a prayer meeting for, for them or for situations or you're praying for countries or you're praying for leaders and kings and, and presidents, that, the, those prayers are prayers of intercession. But when it comes to this, this is the prayer of faith. Actually, he didn't even ask him to pray. He said, just say the word. Say it. Oh, pastor, can you come lay hands on me? I'm feeling good. I'll just, I'll pray right now. I'll just say it right now. Right over the phone. I'll come. I want to come. Don't get me wrong. But how about... What if I'm on a mission trip in Nicaragua and you call me up? Pastor, something's going wrong. Say the word. Like, all right. You know, God has given us the authority to do exactly what he did. The same power that empowered Jesus, the same spirit that lives in Jesus lives in us. So does that mean your words count? Oh, yes. Does that mean your words have power? Mm, Yeah. Does that mean your words have authority? Absolutely. Hallelujah. Say the word. Don't underestimate the word of God in your life. And don't underestimate speaking the word. The centurion is like, I recognize that you are a man of authority. You don't even need to come to my house. All you have to do is speak the word. And the authority of your word will give my servant perfect healing. And Jesus marveled at his faith. Marveled. The centurion received the miracle for his servant by accepting God's spoken word. Awesome. God loves it, and God is impressed when we take him at his word. Can anybody say amen? It impresses him when we believe we receive his promises and we boldly act in faith. It impresses him. Literally, up in heaven, God's looking down saying, oh, wow, I'm impressed. He loves everybody, but you can get God's attention when you walk in faith. Impressed. Man, I can use that person. I can do something substantial through him, through her. Mm-mm-mm. Impressed. What was, what was so great about the centurion's faith? 
he understood the principles of authority. Two important concepts to grasp if you're taking notes this morning. The first one is this, the principles of authority, and number two, the elements of faith. The principles of authority and the elements of faith. It requires an understanding of the principles of authority in order to understand the elements of faith. If we misapply authority, we will miss the elements of faith. No person can receive God's best in the realm of faith until he understands the principles of authority. The centurion recognized that he, Jesus, had authority over whatever it was that was tormenting his servant, that was keeping his servant paralyzed and sick. What does that reveal to us? It reveals to us that sickness is spiritually demonic. Some would say, well, God just gave me this sickness to teach you a lesson. No, God doesn't have any sickness in heaven. When you get to heaven, guess what? There's no need for hospitals. There's no need for the prayer of healing because we will receive new bodies and we will be healthy all the days of our lives. Sickness and disease has come from the demonic realm. As a result of Adam and Eve's disobedience, death came, sickness came. Once you get that solidified in your understanding, you'll understand that all sickness and disease has an underlying reason and the underlying reason is this I want to stop you in your tracks I want to spend all your money on doctors I want to keep you sick and weak so that you have no energy to live your life and to enjoy your life no energy to perform all the things you need to do as dad and mom as young adult as college student no energy to 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 run and to work out no energy to go on mission trips and to fly on airplanes no energy to do all of these things i want to keep you sick and i want to keep you worried about sickness i want to keep you in anxiety about sickness and i want to render you ineffective for the kingdom of god sickness is of the devil come on someone say god good devil bad it just boggles my mind that some churches would just think, you know, God uses sickness as a manipulation tool. Folks, he's a good, good father. Would I, would I want to throw sickness on my kids? Ah, let's just, yeah, let's just hope they break their leg, teach them a lesson. What, are you kidding me? I don't want to hear them moan for three weeks. Never mind, I have a broken leg. And I don't want to pay for it. Can you say Amen. Stealing your money so you can't go on vacation. Anybody, anybody there? You know what I mean? These days, a broken arm costs you 10,000 bucks. It costs so much money. So understanding the principles of authority in order to understand the elements of faith. Turn to Acts chapter 10.38. I have two more scriptures. Acts 10.38, that reveals to us the authority that has been given the authority that not only Jesus had, but we have. Here's here's one of the scriptures. You cannot deny that healing is of the devil. uh, Luke in 
Acts 10 wrote, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Remember Acts 2, 1, 8 and 2, 4, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Amen. The same Holy Spirit, dynamite power, comes on us as was on Jesus. Right? It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Because God was with him. Healing all under the power of the devil. We are devil fighting machines. Boom. Get out your spiritual gun and boom, you kill that cancer in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This is, this is what Jesus did. Remember, he was training his disciples in this. He was teaching them about authority. He, he was teaching them that the same authority I have, I'm going to give it to you. He even gave it to them under the old covenant before he actually died and was risen again and we became new creatures in Christ filled with the Spirit. Remember, he sent out the 72 two by two. And he gave them instructions when you go into this, this town, if they don't receive you, shake the dust off your feet and go to the next house, go to the next town, Right? So he gave them these instructions, but he also said, I want you to go in there and I want you to heal the sick. I want you to heal the sick. And this is what happened. They came back and they said this in Luke chapter 17. The 72 return, verse 18. Uh, yeah, Luke 17, 18 or 17, 17. No, is that, what is that? 30 something, right? Okay, 17, 17 said the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, listen to this, even the demons submit to us in your name. They were excited about this. They were like, even the demons submit to us in your name. Woo! 72 went out two by two. This is what they were coming back. This is the conversation they were having. Jesus gathered around and said, okay, we're going to have a, a recap meeting here. Everybody gather around. Let's, all have, let's hear all the testimonies of what happened because they all went to different places. Jesus, and one guy stood up and said, even the demons submit to your name. Whew. This is incredible. Whew. And this is what Jesus said. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. Come on, somebody say nothing. Nothing. Nothing will harm you. This is, this is in the old covenant before they even became new creatures in Christ and were filled with the Spirit. This was his promise to them. I'm, I'm, basically, he sent out the 72. I'm going to give you a little taste of what's to come. Hallelujah. Uh, 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 during this little prophetic school and this little healing school, we're going to have class here. And he had many classes and many teachings. And he says, okay, now we're going to have some practicum. I'm going to send you out. I'm going to prove to you that this stuff works, that you don't need me to come with you. 
Amen? And use my name, cast out demons, heal the sick, go out and do it, and come back and report back to me. And they were excited. They were like, Jesus, it works. It works. I saw, and then he says this, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. What is he talking about? While they're out doing their works, all the 72 are out there healing in the spirit. Jesus sees Satan falling like lightning from heaven. Why? Because the believers are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Boom. Devil. Boom. Devil, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you. Cancer, you must go. Hallelujah. Pain, you must go. Yeah. Come on. When you begin to understand who you are in Christ and the authority that you have, guess what? Nothing will harm you. Come on, I said nothing will harm you. I mean, I mean I'm going to run around this room if somebody doesn't like get excited out there. Nothing will harm you. This is what Jesus said. I'm not, I said, I'm not making this up. He said, I have given you authority to trample on snakes. Who's, who's the snake? The snake is Satan. He uses these metaphors, snakes and scorpions. You guys know you don't like scorpions. You don't want them, you don't want them near you. You don't want that rattlesnake near you. What do you do when the snake, you're hiking, you know, you're in whatever, Arizona. All of a sudden the snake comes up or you're in central Oregon hiking. What do you do? You either take out your handgun and you shoot that thing if you're carrying, you got a permit, right? Or you run away. Take out your spiritual handgun and shoot the thing in Jesus' name and say, you will not harm me. You will not harm my family. You will not take me as captive and, and I will not die young. I refuse to live with this pain. I refuse my, my relatives to die young. I refuse cancer in my family. I refuse diabetes in my family. Come on, you out there. I refuse deformity in my family. I refuse paralysis in my family. My children will be healthy and strong all the days of my life. Hallelujah. And they will grow up healthy. No sickness will come near them in Jesus' name. Why? Because I speak the word of authority over them because I have authority as their parent. Hallelujah. And they will serve God all the days of their life. Hallelujah. You have to be bold. Guess what? You can't be a wimp when it comes to spiritual things. Can't be a wimp. That doesn't mean you have to be loud like me. I'm just being loud for, you know, dramatic effect this morning. Amen? Sometimes it's just a soft little thing, you know. It's like under your breath when, when you know, you're around people and you don't want them to hear you. You turn away and say, in Jesus' name, no way. It's not out. I don't know about you, but when I feel something in my body, I, I just speak to it. I'm like, ah, 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 headache. No, 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 no. My back? Uh, I don't think so. It was cut there once. Not going to get cut again. I command my spine to line up to God's word. Back has no arthritis. Arthritis must flee from me. Hallelujah. The devil will say, yeah, 
but you're getting older and it could happen again. <laughs> it happened once and it will happen again. Oh, shut up, devil. No, no, no. I'm going to walk straight all the days of my life. Well, you're going to end up walking like this, like some old people. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going to be like the, the man at the gate, beautiful. I'm going to be leaping and jumping and praising God till I'm 100 years old. Hallelujah. This is the way you got to think. Here's the last words of Jesus. You ready? Matthew chapter 28, and then we'll close. Matthew 28, verse 18. He says this to his disciples because the whole time he's reminding them about authority, authority, authority. I'm giving you authority. I'm teaching you how to use your authority. I'm teaching you how to understand the power of your words, the power of speaking. Matthew 28, he says this. This is after he died, rose again, before the resurrection, up into heaven. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Okay? That sounds good. He said, but I'm out of here and you're staying here. So it's been given to me up in heaven, but it's also been given to me on the earth. So therefore, I'm giving it to you as my ambassadors and agents for change. Take authority. Use your authority. Understand the power of your words. And go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Don't allow the devil to stop you in your bodies and don't allow the devil to stop you in your ministry. Understand and recognize that there's a battle going on in the unseen world trying to stop you from preaching the gospel and from getting people saved and baptized and from building the church. Understand your authority in the unseen realm that the devil cannot stop you, that I will never leave you or forsake you, Jesus said, that the devil is a defeated foe. And as Peter and John went to the temple that day, after they received the power of the Holy Spirit, they understood their authority. And they started to use their authority right away. As they went past the lame man who asked them and begged for money, what did Peter say, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. Rise up in the name of Jesus and walk. Understand, he understood his authority, and the same miracle that took place for the paralyzed servant took 
place for the paralyzed man sitting at the gate. Guess what? After that, it was all on go for the disciples. They had a new toy to play with, and it wasn't the Trinity spinner. It was like, dang, this is awesome. It's like, this stuff works. God just released them. Can you imagine? Yes. Because the same authority is here today. It hasn't diminished. The book of Acts hasn't ended. The same power that lives in Christ lives in us. And I want to encourage you to take authority over your realm that you live in. Take authority over your kids, your home. Take authority over your bodies and your situation. Understand that as you speak, the words that you speak are effective in the unseen world in the spiritual realm. The devil has no authority over you, over your mind and over your kids. Whenever sickness and disease tries to come and attack you, you do what you you know to do physically. You visit the doctor in combination with taking authority over it in the unseen world combination, the natural and the supernatural coming together make an explosive force for God. We don't deny the natural because that's not what faith does. We accept reality, but then we don't stay there. We move into faith because we impress God with our faith. Many times you're going to have to speak in faith whether you feel like it or not. In the midst of your pain, in the midst of your situation, You've got to stop complaining about your pain and you've got to start speaking faith over your situation. And you've got to start declaring that I am pain-free, that I am healthy, that I am strong because you literally will get what you say. Your words will form the world you live in, the body that you live in, and the atmosphere that you dwell in. Because death in life is in the power of your tongue they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. God has given us this amazing thing called mouth and tongue. Power of his word. So next time you come up to me and say, Pastor Bob, I don't need prayer, but can you speak the word? Okay, let's do it. One puts a thousand to flight, two put ten thousand to flight. Sometimes you need somebody else with you. Call, call up, say, hey, This is what's going on, Pastor Bob. This is the reality that all of a sudden you turn that switch of faith on and you say, okay, Pastor Bob, here's the reality. This is what we need to speak over. Let's speak the word together. And you'll hear me say many times, I declare that by his stripes, you were healed 2,000 years ago. Hallelujah. Not going to be healed. You were healed 2,000 years ago. And I declare healing in your body. Pain, go. See, we literally have the authority to speak directly to the pain because that's the authority that's been given to us. Here's what you don't need to do. You don't need to beg God to heal you. Why? Because he already has. You don't need to say, oh, Lord, please heal so-and-so. And God's up in heaven saying, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. I already took the stripes on my back for it. It's done. It's completed. 
If you want results, speak the word. Because the authority to heal has already been given to you. Speak the word over your sick relatives. Go in the house. Don't beg God when you pray. You just by authority, you speak God's word. We have prayer with a bunch of pastors here in the city. And sometimes we'll pray for people to be healed. And some are just begging God to be healed. I'm thinking, I mean, I love these guys, you know. And God honors your faith where you're at. But I'm thinking, my turn. <laughs> guys there? Thinking, okay, now I'm going to speak the word. One pastor shared with me that his... Uh, He's a pastor of Holly something church in Damascus. Great guy. But his grandson has leukemia, fighting. So as he shared that while we were eating at lunch and we got around the prayer time, the Holy Spirit is like, come on. Come on, Bob. It's your turn now. So I literally took him by the hand. I'm sitting right next to him. I said, in Jesus' name, I speak the word over your grandson. I command that leukemia to go in Jesus' name. Speak the word. You know what? That impresses God. Speak it in faith. Release it. Believe him because he's the performer. You're the agent. He's the power. when we follow through with with that kind of faith and boldness this is the kind of faith and boldness that impresses God this is the kind of faith and boldness and understanding that sees results in the spirit I don't know about you I don't want to keep trying the same old thing same old thing and not see things work I want to see results I want to see people healed. I want to see people set free. I don't want to waste my time playing church and Christianity. I want to see results. And if we're going to see results, we've got to do it according to the way the word teaches us to do it. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what Jesus said. Amen. Let's all stand up. Faith impresses God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. With faith, God is impressed. God's looking down at heaven on you this morning here in church. And he's like, hmm, impressed. You guys are at City Park Church this morning. Thank you for attending. From the bottom of my hearts, thank you. I'm going to ask the prayer. If you guys would come on up, I want you to pray over people this morning. If you would like us to speak the word over you this morning for any situation in your life, we're going to end the service. And ben is going to continue to play. Please don't put any music up on the, um, on the speakers. If you want us to speak the word over any situation in your life, uh, we'll be glad to do that this morning up front. I'll be down here in front as well. So I'm going to release the service. Thank you so much for coming. We appreciate you appreciate you being here and we'll see you next week father's day bring your dads special service it's going to be a great time thank you for coming